if the notion of drag queens reading children's books to children whose parents are present and giving consent for those children to have that character read to them, all of that, any of that bothers you, you're really going to hate today's episode of this podcast. I have no idea how we got from men, trans, women, whatever, you know, taking on female personas to they're pedophiles and they're grooming our children. I have no idea how we got from here to there because I'm going to tell you men personifying female characters, personifying feminine personas and, 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 and you know, individuality has been happening since before Shakespeare's time. How all of a sudden that means pedophilia. I have no idea. I'm dumbfounded by this topic. Where does this stem from? Well, I'm going to tell you just about a month ago or whatever here in my city, um, there was a drag queen outside of one of our libraries reading storybooks to children out in the open in public. Parents were all there. They needed to be. It was actually mandated that the, chil the children had to be accompanied by their parents. So not only did their parents have to consciously put it on their calendars, get their kids there, and also supervise them while they were at the event, you know, clearly they were giving permission for this to be there. And they were present while it was happening. And yet there was still somebody in our community who decided that there needed to be a rally, a protest against this drag queen because they are interfering with our children. They are priming our children. They're grooming them. They're, they're all pedophiles. Well, you want to know something? I actually did some research. I took it upon myself. I hit the old Google and I said, hmm, how many drag queens? have been implicated in child exploitation rings. How many drag queens have been convicted of child exploitation? I'm going to tell you right now. I looked, it was kind of hard to find. It was not obvious. There was not, not that many of them at all. I think I found two or three and I'm, I'm just trying to look in my notes to see if I can find them. There was only like two or three of them that I could find on the first two or three pages of my Google search. But do you want to know what was super, super freaking easy to find? <laughs> the number of police officers, teachers, social workers, people in the medical profession, um, school principals, all of these people that we should, that we believe we can trust. How many of those people, people in those professions, I should say, let me clarify that. People in those professions that have been convicted of these things. So you got, that just has to tell you what the ratio of this and what the unreality is. Now, I don't know all of these people that are going about the, 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 the drag queens. I don't know where they're getting their information from. I don't know what statistics they're relying on. I, what reporting mechanisms. I 
headlines. I, I don't know. Or is it just a thing that because they can't find it within themselves to just let people live if they can't because they can't find it in themselves to let people be who they are basically you know to live and let live so they have to come up with these things they have to come up with these fabrications because they're so afraid of what they don't understand and that's where these things come from i don't know all i know is that on my quick very quick google search i could find absolutely zero data to back up and substantiate these allegations Oh my goodness. I mean, I, w I went back as far as I could. There's people in BC. There's, you know, um, yeah, BC, Alberta, like all across Canada. And out of all of these people, I found, like I said, maybe two, two people that were recognized as drag queens as having female personas or being transgender that um, have been guilty of these things. Um, some of these names you might know, you might remember. Uh, Anthony McClintock, he was from Edmonton, is from Edmonton, I don't know where he is. Randall Hopley, who kidnapped a three-year-old boy in BC. Peter Whitmore, he was a serial kidnapper a serial kidnapper of young children, particularly boys, although he did have uh, his youngest survivor who was eight years old at the time of uh, his disgusting activities. Um, Dale Kenneth uh, Kunath, sorry, tortured and um, committed insertion activities on a six-week-old baby boy. Six and you want to know why he did that? Not because he was drag queen, because he wasn't. He was jealous of the boy's father and the amount of time that the baby mama was spending with the boy's father because she was still connected to the boy's father because of the baby boy. And so while she was at work, he took it upon himself to go out of his way to violate and torture this poor little six-week baby boy to show his um, his frustration and dissatisfaction with the, the, the baby daddy. And, and the relationship he still held with the family. Now, the one thing that I did find in my research, that it doesn't matter who it is that's perpetrating these disgusting crimes, our biggest threat is not, is not drag queens. Heck, it's not even the perpetrators of these, these acts. It's our own frickin' justice system. Most of these men who committed these crimes we're out on the streets again within a matter of two to three years. Many of them reoffended within hours of being released. And then they went to jail for another two or three years and were released again. That's, that's the biggest threat. That's the biggest threat. John Austin Gallian. Gallian was a choir master within the Anglican Church. To date, he's had 19 accusers come, come up um, and, and, and allege allegations against him of misconduct. They were all boys. All of them were boys. 
So if you do happen to be one of these people that has this idea that um, drag queens are the biggest threat to our society and to our young boys and and uh, to pet, you know, becoming pedophiles. Could you please share with me where you're getting your information from? Where, where's your corroborating or substantiating evidence that this is the case? Um, I mean, you don't have to agree or disagree with the lifestyle. As a matter of fact, it's none of your fucking business. So whether you agree or disagree, you can just keep that shit to yourself because it's none of your business. The simple fact is, is that, like I said before, with the drag queen incident reading, you know, reading to children, their parents were present. Now, if you're not running around and just handing your children off to drag queens and going, hey, do what you will with them um, or to anybody, you know, as a matter of fact, that's almost exactly what happens in almost all of these cases. A parent unknowingly, un, you know, involuntarily, whatever, gives access to their child because you see they have a priest or a preacher or a cop or a social worker or somebody else in their realms in their ranks that they trust that they feel that they have no reason to not have any that they have feel that they they, they can trust that there's no reason to suspect them of any ill will and it's those people that generally are the ones that actually groom your children and are able to have access to committing these crimes and i am not blaming the parents because you don't know if, if, if you knew everybody else would know and nobody knows until they get caught right but the simple fact of the matter is is that they generally are trusted friends or members of a family who are willingly given access to the children because the family, the friend group, whatever, trusts those people with their children. Because you see, grooming doesn't just happen over the course of reading one storybook to your children. Grooming happens over a period of time. It's baby steps. Please, that was a bad term. That was a bad use of words. But it, but, it, but it's literally small steps at a time, okay? They don't just like meet your child and set them up and boom, next thing you know, they're ready to go to be exploited. No. These things happen over the course of months, sometimes even years. They have access to your child. You trust them. Your child is threatened. They're threatened by their aggressors by their exploiters and so they're afraid to say anything and their behaviors may change but again it's small changes over the course of time as things build nothing happens overnight a drag queen reading to your child for one afternoon an hour out of an afternoon they don't have enough time and they don't have open enough access to actually be grooming your child. Now, you cannot even say, here's another thing, you cannot even say that your substantiating evidence is that because they're presenting themselves as the opposing gender to how you perceive that person was born, whatever, that that's the grooming because we're normalizing. Oh, sweetie. Sweetie. Drag, 
drag queen has history all the way back. All the way back. In Shakespeare's time, women were not allowed to be on the stage. Men dressed up as the female roles and portrayed those feminine characters on stage because women were not allowed to be there. It goes back that far. And the reason, you know, so, so, so drag actually got started because of oppression to women. <laughs> Think about it. We weren't allowed to be on the stage. We weren't allowed to take that. You know, we were supposed to be at home or tending the children or, or at our husband's side, supporting them and, and making sure that their reputations were kept intact and that we were, you know, conducting ourselves according to the stature that we had been given in society. But we were not allowed at that point in time to really hold a job. We were not really given the stature and we were not allowed to portray ourselves on the stage. Okay. Men did that because we weren't allowed to. So if, if it's such an insidious thing, which looking at it from the perspective of oppressing women, it is, but from the perspective of drag queen to children, considering that it was completely normalized, completely normalized at that time, hundreds of years ago, a hundred years ago, whatever, <laughs> for men to dress up like women and go up on stage in front of crowds of hundreds and thousands of people, completely normal, Tell me, why then wasn't every single boy from that era, why, why didn't they all grow up to be gay? Why, why is pedophilia only a major issue and coming to light now? Why, why is it such a big deal to us now? Because we're talking about it could become normalized. In Shakespeare's time, it was normalized. So little things to think about, little ponderances for you. I personally don't give a crap. Um, like I said, you do you, you live your life. You don't need my approval to do or not do the things that you do. If what you're conducting, if the business you're conducting is illegal in any way, hopefully eventually that'll get found out and you'll get taken care of by authorities and figures much higher ranking than I am. But to that end, like I said before, if you are one of these people who buys into this, please share your insights. Please share your data. Please share your, your evidence, your body of evidence to suggest this insidious pedophilic nature of the drag queen culture. Until next time, this was Did That Just Happen? And yes, I'm sorry, drag queens. It did. <laughs>